On today's episode, I have Jeremiah Padgett with me from the Sideline Sports Network, and we're talking all things Longhorn Athletics. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend, Longhorn Nation. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jeremiah, what's going on? I've talked to you a couple times on Twitter. I've seen some of the great work you're doing, but I'm happy to finally have you on Lockdown Longhorns. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. It's quite the day for Texas sports. <laughs> There's a lot going on today. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So uh, we're going to start off talking about some football. I know that's what everybody wants to hear about. So one of the biggest questions going into the spring, what everybody's been talking about, is who is going to be the starting quarterback in the fall this year? Is it going to be Hudson Card, the returning kind of starter? He started two games last year before losing the job to Casey Thompson. You got Quinn Ewers, the golden boy with the mullet, coming back from Ohio State to potentially take the starting job at Texas. And then you have the four-star quarterback, 6'5", with the rocket arm out of California, Malik Murphy. Jeremiah, tell Longhorn Nation your thoughts on who should be the starting quarterback and how that battle is going to shape up going into spring ball. Yeah, I think this year I really like Malik Murphy. I like what I like his size. I like his arm. I like everything about him. But I think he's still recovering from that ankle. Um, so I think he's probably going to look at a redshirt year um, this year. And, you know, after last year, Hudson Carr just didn't do a lot for me. Um, he's a little too happy in the pocket. He had some happy feet. Got a little flustered when he didn't really need to be. So I think that I think that Ewers has to be the guy. I mean, we don't really know. It's kind of a wild card. We don't know where we're getting yet. He hasn't played any college football yet, but we, we really have to count on him to be the guy this year. So um, I'm hoping that he, he takes the reins and takes the leadership of the team and becomes that guy because what we saw from Hudson last year just didn't instill a lot of confidence in me that he can be that guy. Yeah, definitely. I've been beating the, the drum for Quinn Ewers to be the starter. I think that right now it's probably Hudson Card's job to lose uh, with the experience, him coming back for his second year. And people are worried about Quinn Ewers um, having played a game since his junior year of high school. But I think he'll be uh, able to come in and, and step in and be an asset to this football team right away. Do you have any concerns about the fact that he hasn't played meaningful football in over two years? Um, slightly, but I'm, mean, I've seen Quinn Ewers in person. I went and watched him in a couple of high school playoff games. Uh, he's got an unreal arm. He's got an unreal touch, uh, to his passes. He can make every throw. Um, so I don't, have, I don't doubt that at all. It's just adjusting to the college game, the speed of the game, um, you know, all those things that he's going to have to get used to and whether or not he's going to be protected in the end of the day. If our offensive line can't protect, it won't matter who we put back there because that's been our problem for about the last decade. So if he has protection, I think he has the ability to to be as good as he wants to be. Definitely. And you brought up the projection. I mean, the protection, which was a huge problem for the Texas Longhorns last year. We saw that quarterbacks were constantly defenders were getting to them in the backfield. Um, B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson were having trouble um, getting to the line of scrimmage at times because of that offensive line. They were able to secure two five star offensive linemen in Kelvin Banks and Devin Campbell, as well as seven offensive linemen in this class total. I think six of them being four star or five stars blue chip prospects. How do you see this offensive line? 
uh, shaping up next year for the Texas Longhorns in Sark's second year as the coach of this football team? Well, I think they I think they made a huge stride in the dra- in the class they got this year with the offensive line. I think Campbell and Banks have the chance to start from day one, um, even over some of the upperclassmen. And I almost think it's kind of like a uh, take the training wheels off. You know, we might have to just throw them in the fire because I think they're going to be long term. They're going to be the best players that we're going to have on that offensive line. Um, I'd rather get them in there and get the experience uh, than to redshirt them and all those things because. Both of those guys are physically uh, ready to play college football, I believe. So I, I like what he did. I like what um, like what he did. Adding all the all those guys, that's what we've lacked for for a long time now in this program. So just to get a couple of five stars on the line is pretty promising. But you know, like I said, we got to see it on the field. Yeah, definitely. And my only thing is they had they didn't enroll early. I wish they would have been able to enroll early. So you have to think that maybe Sark will favor experience um, at first, but hopefully they're able to uh, take that job. Like you said, I think they have the pedigree to come in and start right away. You mentioned that recruiting class, one player that is enrolled early that I think will help another unit that was bad last year, the defensive line, Justice Finkley. I like him a lot. Who's another player outside of the two five-star offensive linemen that you're really looking to have a big impact this year from the number five recruiting class in the country on this football team, once again, outside of Devin Campbell and Kelvin Banks? Hmm. That's a good question. You know what? I, what, any, I like Finke a lot, too, personally. I was kind of on him early on. Um, any of those guys that can come from the, that defensive line and give some kind of pressure, uh, I don't even want to call out a single guy right now because we just need somebody to step up uh, and make contribution because we got pushed around and bullied last year on the, on the defensive line, uh, especially late in games. We didn't have anybody that could take over a game and get to the quarterback. And, you know, we've definitely missed uh, Joseph Osai last year. So any of those guys that can come in and uh, fill that gap, which I think Finkley has the possibility to do. Um, you know, that's what I'm looking for is to get our defensive line back up. Our, our run defense was was terrible last year from what it has been. Even with Todd Orlando, um, our defense was a lot better than it was last year. So we got to get back to uh, stuff in the run game and making teams one-dimensional. So any of these defensive lines that we're pulling in, um, they can bring any of that, then I'll be, I'll be happy. For sure. This defensive line has a lot to prove. And I think this football team has a lot to prove next year, going five and seven last year, losing six straight games for the first time since 1957. As far as this Texas Longhorns football program, we know that Sark has a lot to prove. But on the field, who do you think what player next year has the most to prove for the Texas Longhorns football team? I think it's Jordan Whittington, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think um, I think we got to see him get a full season in healthy. You know, it's not his fault he gets hurt. You know, we can't blame it on him, but um, that guy has a ton of potential, and we just haven't been able to see it for a full season. Um, and he really complements the team well, and I think when he went out last year, it really affected what Sark wanted to do on offense. Um, everybody started keying in on Worthy more, and he was kind of that outlet on third downs. Um, so just to see him come back and have a full year, to see what he's really capable of. That's who I'm kind of counting on to make a difference this year. 
for sure. Availability is the best ability or one of the best abilities. And um, like you said, you know, outside of Xavier Worthy, we weren't able to get much production in the passing game last year. I think if Jordan Whittison can have a full season, Isaiah Nair to transfer from Wyoming, I think he's going to help with that a lot. And then uh, you have players like, you know, Brennan Thompson and, and Troy O'Meary who could give you contributions as well. So what do you think is the outlook for this Texas football team in the Big 12 next year? I've said it on the podcast. I could be being a fan. You know, I could be bleeding burnt orange. But I think they have a realistic chance to win the Big 12 next year. When you look at it last year, a lot of those games, they had leads and they kind of, you know, collapsed in the second half. This could have been an eight or nine win team last year with the deficiencies on the offensive line, with the deficiencies on the defensive line. I think now they have so much talent. Oklahoma probably takes a step back. Oklahoma State and Baylor probably take steps back. And I think Texas takes a huge step forward. What do you think this team will be able to accomplish next year in the Big 12, Jeremiah? Well, I'll be honest. I'm more of a pessimistic Longhorn fan or a realistic Longhorn fan. I've been been watching the Longhorns my whole life, and um, I'm used to being disappointed, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and five and seven doesn't make me feel great that if we're just going to turn it around this next season. Um, what I'd like to see is, you know, last year I felt like the Anthony Knight, the strength coordinator, I think he came in and decided that a lot of these guys had too much weight on, uh, and it kind of slowed them down. I think they kind of focused on speed and agility in the offseason last season. But I think that caused us to be bullied around in second halves of games uh, because we lost some of that strength. So I think this team needs to find a balance between speed and agility and still having that strength uh, where we won't get pushed around late in games. I think, you know, this team, I think maybe second, third in the Big 12 is kind of optimistic for me right now uh it's just one of those things i gotta see it done and i gotta see them do it consistently and i gotta see some toughness out of this team that we haven't seen in quite a while and i'm hoping sars gonna be that guy to bring that toughness but i mean it still remains to be seen yeah, you're going to have some of Longhorn Nation mad at you, but a lot of Longhorn Nation probably will agree. I, I'll be arguing with them in the comments about what Texas is going to do next year. You mentioned Sark. A lot of uh, you know the blogs and, and different websites have mentioned that Sark is possibly on the hot seat. We know that Texas is a program where you can't come in and go five and seven, You know, regardless of the roster, regardless of it being your first year. There's just a different set of expectations at the 40 acres. Do you think Sark is on the hot seat, and is he the right coach for this Texas football program? I think for most Texas fans, he might be on the hot seat, but in my opinion, we need the continuity. Um, we need to stick with this guy, you know, his full length of his contract, and let him establish his culture, get his guys in, and we'll see what see where the chips fall. You know, at the end of his contract, see where we're at. But to keep flipping, flipping over coaching staffs and turnover, and keep establishing new cultures and doing that all over again is not getting this program anywhere. So, you know, I wasn't. He wasn't my first pick. You can get it right because I'm tired of the turning, you know, going back and forth and hiring new and getting rid of getting rid of guys, you know, after two or three years. Uh, it just kind of discontinues all the progress you've made as a program, and you kind of have to start all over. So I'm sticking with him for the, the remainder of his contract, good or bad. Um, because I think I think coaches need time to get their culture in place and get their players and their coaches in place. So I th I'm think I'm with them, you know, until the next for the next three or four years. So 
All right. And one more question about Texas football. Speaking of the next three or four years, we know that the Longhorns are keyed in on the number one prospect in the 2023 class, Arch Manning. Do you think he comes to the University of Texas? And yeah, just what's your thoughts on Arch Manning and will he be a Longhorn uh, next year? I would be surprised if he came to Texas just because of his roots in the Southeast, um, you know, Louisiana and his uh, Ole Miss, Tennessee, you know, all his family played at SEC schools. Um, but he does have a good relationship with Sarkeesian. So I think that's kind of keeping us uh, in the mix. Um, I'd be surprised. I think he's going to have, if he does come, he's going to have to sit behind viewers, hopefully in a perfect world, he'll have to sit behind yours for a year or so before he gets to play. Um, but right now, for whatever thing I've heard, that it's getting he, – he, we're in one of his top three contenders right now. So I would be thrilled. The quarterback position at Texas hasn't been right in 10 years. Um, so if we can have that position filled with somebody that can be an elite player, um, then we can actually talk about winning Big 12 championships and uh, maybe national championships. But until we get that spot right um, – you know, we're going to be stuck where we are. So anybody like Arch Manning with that pedigree, his family pedigree, you know, I'm all in for him to come to University of Texas. Yeah, and I think we got that right, you know, right now with the golden boy, Quinn Ewers, uh, with the mullet starting quarterback this year once again. I think, <laughs> yep. you know, they'll win the Big 12 or at least compete for it. Jeremiah is a little hesitant on that, but hopefully he'll be on my side going towards the end of the season coming up next we'll be talking some texas men's basketball it's selection sunday we found out where who they're gonna have to play in the first round of the ncaa tournament we get into that next but first a word from our sponsors march madness is here that means you need to start thinking about where you're going to be running your brackets are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best we've done our homework here and we're running brackets with runyourpool.com if you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize up to $1,800, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize of up to $1,800. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Man, do I love March Madness and I love those brackets. But I can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money. I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contest. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Terms and conditions apply. Jeremiah, so... Once again, we saw that the Texas Longhorns drew a six seed in the NCAA tournament. They will be facing off 
against Virginia Tech, the ACC tournament champions. We just saw them beat Duke in Coach K's final ACC tournament. Uh, so before we get into that matchup, what are your thoughts on Chris Beard's first year as the Texas men's basketball coach? I think it's been um, it's been a little hit or miss. I mean, we got to 20 wins. Um, that was that was a good accomplishment to me. The offense uh, isn't quite where I want it to be right now, but the defense has been great all year long, and I think that's kind of our calling card. So if we can bring that defense to the tournament, I think we have a chance. But, um, you know, I think he's building that toughness at Texas. Uh, kind of like the football program is getting the toughness back into the program. And it's going to take him some time, and he might need a couple couple more five stars, which are coming next year, um, you know, to continue building that. But for the first year, um, I'm pretty pleased with the progress he's made. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think he had to come in and, and kind of build that culture, and you saw that. You talked about the toughness and the defensive end. One of the best – the best defensive team in the Big 12 as far as uh, points per game scoring and one of the best defensive teams in the country. I agree with you. Um, it's going to take time, but I think he came right in. He did some things that we didn't see uh, Shaka Smart do in his time there. If he's able to win an NCAA tournament game, that would be the first NCAA tournament win since uh, Rick Barnes' time at head coach at the University of Texas. So we'll see there. Getting into this first round matchup against Virginia Tech, I don't want to go any farther than that because they got a beast in front of them. <laughs> what are your early thoughts on that game? Yeah, I'm glad you said that. You don't want to go far ahead. I'm taking it game by game, to be perfectly honest. You know, Virginia Tech had to win that ACC tournament just to get in the in the tournament, I believe. So they're they're really hot right now. They just beat North Carolina and Duke back to back by double digits. I think that's only happened one other time uh, in history. So uh, they're definitely riding some momentum right now, um, and they can score. Um, my worry about this Texas team is the long scoring droughts as this team goes through almost a game by game basis. And in the tournament, you know, teams go on runs. That's typically what happens. But can this team withstand a six, seven minute drought where they can't score the basketball? And I think ultimately that might be their downfall is that their offense can't stick, can't make up for their defense. You know what I'm saying? So. I think I think they got a shot with their defense. If they keep their defense um, the way that they played all year, I think they can kind of lock down Virginia Tech. But I worry about the offense uh, creating points and um, having some legitimate options. You know, Timmy Allen has been kind of the most dependable person on the squad this year. Our guards can't seem to play together, play well together on the same night. Um, so we really need some. We need something more than Timmy Allen. We got AJ. We know he can play. We need Ramey, Febris, one of those guys, uh, or Marcus Carr to show up uh, and give us some points. Um, or it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard time getting past that first round. Definitely, you talked about a, a Virginia Tech team that's super hot right now. They just beat North Carolina. They beat Duke, who were the clear favorites to win that tournament. They're thirteen and two in their last fifteen games, shooting almost forty percent from the three over that stretch. You got Hunter Couture, who dropped thirty-one, went crazy against Duke, had like seven or eight three-pointers. Uh, Keeve Aluma, who's averaging sixteen and six, so they have a paint presence. All of their bigs can step out and stretch the four and shoot the three as well. So this is a 6-11 matchup you look at where this, the 11 seed could easily uh, win this game. So Texas has a tough draw. And I think they kind of, you know, messed themselves up a little bit by blowing that first, I mean, that first half lead of 20 points 
against TCU. I think they could have possibly been a four or a fifth seed, but the committee looked at what they did in the Big 12 tournament and moved them down to a six. So where they could have played probably Akron or Wyoming in the first round, now you play the ACC tournament champions in Virginia. That's a really, I mean, in Virginia Tech, that is a really tough draw. So coming up next, we'll talk a little bit about your Texas Longhorns baseball team who's been faltering uh, lately. You know, they started off hot, but they haven't looked as hot lately with some injuries and, and some losses. So we'll get into that. But first, it's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, Jeremiah. So, you know, we had the number one baseball team in the country. They were looking dominant. They had the three-headed monster. That's now the two-headed monster with the season-ending injury to Tanner Witt. Um, I was at the game in Houston for their first loss of the season against UCLA, and they've lost to Texas Tech. They just lost the series to South Carolina. So what's going on with this baseball team, Jeremiah? You know, tell the people. You know, we all thought they were going undefeated, and, and, and now we're looking a little shaky. Yeah, well, Tanner Witt was probably a Friday starter for about 90% of the teams in the country, and he was our Sunday starter. Um, so it was a big loss, um, and I think the team is still kind of reeling from that. Um especially the rotation. The rotation's not quite there yet. We got a, long, a lot of young guys in the bullpen that are still finding their way, um, and they're trying to get some confidence. Um, but there's just not somebody I don't think Pierce really trusts uh, to take that third start right this minute. So until the pitching, we find somebody that can step in and be our Sunday starter. Um, our bats are going to have to are going to have to come alive and kind of compensate for that. That we're not going to have these shutout. Uh, shut out innings you know on Sundays we're gonna have to make up for sometime and it's gonna have to be from the bats um so I'm not panicking I think we still got a good chance uh to win the big 12 get to Omaha everything's still in front of us um but the task is a little bit harder with Tanner Witt out that's for sure oh definitely and you talked about that offense one player that has been showing up the Hispanic Titanic Ivan Melendez just talk about him a little bit to Longhorn Nation Man, he's a pleasure to watch. Yeah, I, I said something on Twitter the other day. Teams are about to have to start walking the guy because um, he's just crushing the baseball. I don't know why teams are really still pitching to him right now. Um, he's one of the best hitters in college baseball right now. So I think he could really carry this team um, moving forward. Um, I'm so glad he came back this year because he's been a huge, you know, a huge piece. The guy can kill a baseball. I don't remember how, how long that one was today. I think it was like 480 feet or something. It hit a house and, you know, at dead center. So I love watching that guy. That guy can crush a baseball. Yeah, for sure. So I, I saw, like, the official Texas Longhorns account posted 493 feet. I'm like, there's no way he hit it yeah. almost 500 feet. And then I looked, and so, like, the wall was 380. And it definitely went another 100 feet past that. So I'm like, wow. Like, it's been a Titanic for real, yeah. Right. He's got some power in that bat. 
So I think you've already kind of said it, but do you still think that this is the team to beat in college baseball this year? Yeah, I think they'll probably lose their number one ranking after this series loss to South Carolina. Um, it wasn't their best showing, that's for sure. But I'm hoping it was a wake-up call um, going forward. You know, last year in Arlington, they got swept to begin the season, and they used that as motivation to kind of propel them to get them to Omaha last year. So I'm kind of hoping this, this series will kind of light a fire under them and realize that they can't just skate through the season and there's still a lot of work to do. But, yeah, I believe that Omaha is still the goal. It's always the goal in my mind with Texas baseball. Anything short of that is uh, a disappointment. Not for sure. I, I think the same. I, I think that they're uh, still the team to beat in college baseball, although they're dealing with some injuries right now. Uh, they will bounce back and hopefully get number seven this year. But just what a time for Texas athletics, hoping that Texas football can bounce back this year and compete for the Big 12. The women's basketball team won the Big 12, so congrats to them, hoping they can make some noise in the tournament. We're hoping that Chris Beer can find some of that magic in the bottle that he had at Texas Tech going to the national championship game and get this team uh, past Virginia Tech and hopefully maybe to the Sweet 16 and even further than that. And then once again, this baseball team uh, will continue, um, get back on track and continue to dominate against teams this year, hopefully on their way to a seventh College World Series title. Jeremiah, one of the, the best and most insightful voices in Longhorn Nation. Tell them where they can find your work if they haven't seen it already. Yeah, so I'm, I cover the uh, sidelines uh, Texas Longhorn page. So it's at SSN underscore Longhorns. Um, try to keep it up, follow all the games, or keep you up to date on the basketball, the baseball, um, definitely football. So I hope to be on a couple more of these podcasts here pretty soon um, to uh, give you all some more insight. Man, this is my life. I love Texas Longhorns more than just about anything. Uh, I'm here, man. I'm going to be here till the day I die. <laughs> For sure. And this definitely won't be the last time that you'll be on Locked On Longhorns. Longhorn Nation, thank y'all once again for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Until tomorrow, peace.